Uh, welcome to the Love Sport Podcast. This is our AFL special on the eve of the new season. Just going to let you know, John is a big Lions man. I'm a Tigers man, so he could be slightly biased. You'll have to forgive us. We'll be looking at our top eight, our grand final predictions, Norm Smith medal, Brownlow, everything else. This is the Love Sport Podcast AFL special. Go Tigers! Welcome to another podcast. Welcome to our AFL preview. How are you feeling today? Mate, I'm gangbusters, thanks, mate. It's, uh, dude, it's, uh, it's been a perfect St. Patrick's Day weather-wise, and I've really enjoyed the, the leaden skies just for something different. Yeah, and we're going to get a few nights of those in Queensland. Oh, look, at the start of our podcast tonight, it is purely an AFL special. John Barracks for the Lions was a Bears man through and through, so don't call him a bandwagon supporter. I'm a Richmond supporter, and I got my first Richmond tattoo in a season where we think we won one or two games. So call us bandwagon all you want, but we know the truth. Mate, um, it's a pretty small bandwagon with the Lions, mate. Oh, getting there, getting there, mate. Uh, Queensland, right. Queenslanders love winners, as you know. Mate, we're going we're yeah. to start off. We'll do our top eight. We'll split it into our top fours. But I want a definitive top four from you. And uh, I'll give you mine to start with, mate. I'm going Geelong. I think they've recruited really well. I think they are dad's army, as we've spoken about before. But this is their season. They've put all the money in the bank and they've said, let's go for it with Jeremy Cameron and co. And I've got Geelong up top. I've got you guys in second. I think you've really settled the last few years. You've got a really good coach uh, in Fagan and you've got a system that says, we know what we're doing throughout the season and you're getting better in the finals. I've got the Tigers down in third. They'll make sure they're in, top, uh, in touch with the top two throughout the season and they, they, they will be aiming for that third spot, which is one of them, three premierships uh, when they're finished there. West Coast, huge home ground advantage. Getting a couple of players back, I've got them in fourth, mate. So what do you got for your top four? All right, so just to pull the curtain back for everyone, uh, this is the second take we've done on this, and in the four minutes that uh, went past, I've changed my order. <laughs> so I'm going to put the Lions on top. You know what? I think about it, we finished second two years in a row. I've been pretty convincing. Um, I think we've got slightly older bodies, a couple of um, um, improvements here and there, tweaked by a coach and a front office who really knows what they're doing, yeah. uh, knows how to actually set their, their stall out for the season. Our problem isn't getting to the playoffs, it's winning them. So... I can actually see that team this year being um, even more dominant. I'd be surprised if we're dropping games at home, put it that way. So, um, second, uh, or no reason to probably tip against Geelong. Um, actually, you know what? I'll throw Richmond in second. Um, and I'll put, uh, who was it? Oh, I, I went with Port Adelaide, didn't I? Yeah. So, before, I'll go Port Adelaide in third. You know, I just think Richmond is time. That I think one of the goals that those guys are going to have is going to be not putting themselves under pressure at the back end. So you can't keep going to that well, I don't think. Yeah. You know, so I think they'll be looking to finish right at the ladder this year. And they're almost an unstoppable force. I see Geelong falling out of it this year and I can see the Western Bulldogs coming in and stepping up because they've got some amazing changes. I can't believe that somehow we were in the recruiting for Trelaw and uh, he just walked over to the Bulldogs, so um, you know they got a lot of they got a lot of firepower there in their midfield, and uh, you know they're due for a 
top four place. It's either them or West Coast. I don't know which one to put in. I'll go with the Bulldogs because I really hate the West Coast. So there you go. <laughs> Mate, so my bottom half of that ladder, I do have the dogs in there for the reasons you've said. I think they're recruited really well again. And yes, recruits don't necessarily transition into wins, but I think they've got a really good balance here and Bonson Pally and so forth. And a couple of the younger guys have stepped up. I've got the Saints to continue a good good run for them in sixth. I've got Port as one of my teams to kind of drop out. It doesn't mean they're going to have a bad season by any stretch. Um, but we've spoken about this uh, on a previous take and in previous weeks. I just think that they had a lot of advantages going their way last year. And when the pressure's on with the longer quarters, I just don't think they've got enough up forward. And my surprise uh, is Fremantle. I mean, any team can get into that seventh or eighth, but I think Frio, with their young team and a home ground advantage, uh, will finish in eighth. Okay, fair enough. Well, you know, there's always turnover and there's always churn. It really, I mean, as I watch the AFL and over maybe the last 20 years, not. I, sometimes I'm plugged right in and sometimes I'm not. But one thing I do know for sure is that the top four sides are pretty hard to remove yep. because just the, the way the wheel turns and people are waiting for draft picks to come good and some screw-ups down below to do something wrong. So that always seems to be set in stone for at least a three- or four-year cycle and you get your you know, you know, get your grand finalists always seem to look the same. And I think that's why there's been so many dynasties in the AFL in the last few years. But um, having said that, I think I said that Geelong would drop out. They'll finish fifth. Yep. Um, and I said that the reason I say that is because I think they're getting pretty old. Um, you keep rolling up with the same. Gra- I I was amazed last year when I actually took some time to reflect on how many great players they had all across the field. But the other thing I was amazed about was the fact that you know it looked like one of those that they were going to be on the NDIS soon. You know, sucking soup through a straw because um, they also have been playing since you and me were watching at school. So it's like, I reckon that's going to catch them. Um, their home ground, yeah, whatever. Um, they play Cadenia Park, that's good. Um, they're the only team in Melbourne who gets that. I don't know why that is, but anyway. Uh, we'll keep moving. Who else am I going to put in there? I, I think I'd find a spot maybe for GWS. Yep. And obviously, I've got to have West Coast. Um, is that four or is that I still got yeah, one got to come? Four, I think, mate. You said Freeman. I'll go with someone totally different. And I. I Oh, you said St Kilda. Uh, they were one, you know, they, they shone bright last year. I'm not so sure about them. Uh, they, their culture as a club is pretty ordinary. They don't know how to consolidate. They don't know how to move on. I know that you and I both listened to Grant Thomas through the week and everything that you hear him talk about and also listen to, um, what's his name, uh, Brennan Goddard. Everyone, everything, I, every time I ever hear something talking about St Kilda, it's always... The culture is the the team ethos isn't there, and that's I guess when we said I sat down with my best mate uh, last Australia, I went for all the you know the the teams of the century. Yeah, look at them. We like killed them. Like, blew everyone blew our hair back. It's like, man, what a team. Yep. Well, they've only won once in 150 years, and so I could see them falling out. And I'll just throw, I'll just throw something at dartboard and say, I reckon Essendon is due to have a trip in. Probably the wrong wording for Essendon, but um, we'll let that one slide through. Yeah, that's not the right metaphor, is it? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, mate. So, we'll cover who we think is going, is going to win the uh, grand final in Brownlow a little bit later on. Uh, we'll go to a bit <laughs> of a sideways one, mate. Um, Coleman medalist for the year. Oh, Charlie Dixon. 
So I think he's the one. I think he's going to be found out. That's my opinion. I'm going to go for someone who's shown nothing on why he should win it, but I'm going to go Jeremy Cameron. Hang on, how's he going to be found out? He's the focal point up front. You said that yourself. They've already got one way to goal. They've got pretty strong team, and everything goes through him. And as long as he stays on the field, I mean, the dude's a he's a mountain. He is, an and I thought he played pretty good last year. Yeah, no, look, I, I, he's a man mountain. He, he would improve any team he goes to. So you know, I'm, I'm... and he's another one that I go. You know what? Realistically, if the if the Lions, I don't know why the Lions didn't want him. There must be something else to it. But um, he was a natural fit with us. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, mark of the year, I'm going to go uh, flying, <laughs> flying Ryan. I'm going to go Liam Ryan from the West Coast to take mark of the year. He looks like he's going to take mark of the year every single week. There's only some guys who can actually even place themselves in a position to do that. And I'm trying to remember, what's his name at the Lions, who um, took the mark at the end of the game against Geelong. Oh, yeah, you're, you're forward. He's not very tall. Um, I've just gone blank on it. Yeah, he used to play for Geelong. Link, yeah. Link McCarthy. Yes. Yeah, no, I've got a I'll go with him. Okay. I'll I, go with him because he's got a chance to do it. Absolutely, and that's the same as Jeremy Howe. He seems to uh, imagine. Uh, imagine Jeremy Howe. Um, I didn't put him in because of some injuries, but imagine Jeremy Howe in the uh, schoolyard, mate. The screamers he would have taken on other kids' heads. He looked good in the pool. You know when you always got that yes. sort of instant up, and the balls just hanging there. Yeah, uh, he looked good. There. We're blessed to have those kind of players in the AFL because I think it's one of the unique things in the sport. And when you see someone like Jeremy Howe, not just sit on the shoulders, but hang on to someone's shoulders and then land on his feet, it's poetry to me. I absolutely love the big marks. Um, so yeah, I feel that it's been severely underemphasised by everyone for a long time. And it's is it not one of the most beautiful things? You're at the game and one of your players takes an absolute hanger. It just lifts you. And even if the opposition, if someone takes a big mark, you 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 are. It's one of the rare sports where you can actually celebrate someone else's achievement. Because I have. I've seen huge marks by opposition players and gone, oh, my God, that was unbelievable. I remember being at – I remember being a kid back, right back, right back when I first came to Australia. And um, they were still um, talk, you know, still they would show the marks going in. And Trevor Barker's mark was always there and Jezelenko and – and all that, and I was lucky enough to be at the Gabba, and I was pretty not far away from Sean White's mark. Oh, the one in the, the one that in was the pretty pocket. amazing. Well, and that's when things are really starting to heat up. And that was in the old configuration at the Gabba. And um, was, um, remembering that would have been right in front of where the hill used to be, but they put seats there. And that was the last game of the year, too, I think, wasn't it? I think so. I think and, we were going for the finals for the it, first time in a long time. And it just goes to show how technology's changed because a lady. There was one lady, and you can see the flash. She's actually got one of the best photos ever of him taking that yeah. mark. And I think it was the only photo that captured it. And she was yeah, um, that to chase her down. I think she got a few thousand for it. So, yeah, times have changed there. I love, I love that suggestion of yours there. Um, goal of the year, mate. I've, I've, gone from goal, I've gone for Gold Coast's um, Isaac Rankin. I think he's going to kick a few contenders this year. He looks the part, doesn't he? Oh, I like him. Yeah. He's, he's stay fit. yeah, yeah, he looks good. And, um, you know, he got. I think he was getting a bit called out towards the end of the last year, maybe for overplaying his hand a bit. And that happens with the young guys. So I guess that's, that's what his calling. Stewie Jewell sought him out, mate. Yeah, as long as he doesn't need him. Um, a couple of meat pies with Rankin, he'll be fine. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think Mike Rankin would make much of a meal for Stu, to be honest. No, made a bit Can of we say that? We can't. Um, goal of the year. Oh, um, it's a bit like mark of the year. You've got to have somebody who can either do something spectacular or run it in from a long way out. So I'm going to go with someone. I'm going to try and go with someone totally different. Um, let's go. Gosh, I didn't really think about That's one I didn't think about. <laughs> uh, you know it's not going to be Charlie Dixon. Um, oh, you never know. Big man does something, <laughs> kicking over his head, soccer style. You never know. You know, what about Gary Ablett Jr.? I don't think that's that's something he's never won, is it? Well, he's not playing anymore, is he? He's done. I reckon he'll come back. <laughs> like, why not? Um, uh, he could – imagine if he did jump the fence and oh. just do that and then walk off. Mate, he's kicked some of the greatest goals I've ever seen anyway. The guy takes – Yeah, I probably – that's probably where my – I've got to blame my research department for that. But um, let's take him out. Can we edit that? Get rid of it. Um, look. Yeah. I've got no idea. Okay, well, we can come back to that, mate. We'll give you a bit of time to think here. Um, we're kind right. of flying through this, which is quite what I wanted on the eve of the uh, – mate, who's going to be the first coach, not fired, but who's going to be the first coach under the pump that the media is going to suggest is under the pump? Oh, um, gosh. That's always pretty – that's always one of those things, isn't it? It's going to come down to what the expectations are on teams and because, uh, you know, it's not going to be it's not going to be um, anyone who's got a team starting from scratch this year so you can scrub out whoever's at North and some rubbish like that. I think uh, usually it comes from a team that's got some expectations and hasn't done much for yep. a while. Does yeah, that make sense? Yeah. So having said that, let's go with um, – if Essendon don't make the top eight, they'll be the first one in that pile. Mate, I, I got really torn on this, and I've cheated. Um, I've, Leon Cameron has to be under the pump um, with GWS. And I was thinking, will he be the first? But I actually have reversed it. I think it's going to be Nathan Buckley. They've lost their president. There's always expectations on Collingwood. And if they have a slow start to the season, I reckon he'll be under, under fire. So I'm going to I'm going to say Nathan Buckley. Actually, no. I wish I wish I'd heard that because because every Collingwood fan I know is sick of him. Yep. And and like they're sick of mediocre and they're sick of mediocre and sometimes getting good but not actually closing out. And that's what Bucks does for you. And I do think that your point about the new broom going through is pretty apt. I mean, if they can get rid of Eddie like that. And let's let, let's not kid ourselves. That was a Julius Caesar style knifing. Oh yeah. Um, let's um, let's not think that Bucks is safe for a minute. And neither respect them for the eight. No. The Trelaws walked out, um, and I can't see them. And Stevenson, Stevenson doing much to the doggies. I think I think he's. In... I think he might be a walking. To be honest, now to think about it, that's a great call. I'll go with that. Well, Mate, it wasn't just that they lost Trelaw. I mean, Stevenson's gone as well. He went to North, I think, did he? Um, good, good player there. So, what a place to go! You know, you go, you know, you go and shit when you're losing players to North Melbourne. <laughs> uh, I can't bag him too much. My brother's a huge North man. No, I will. I think North, uh, North is treading water there. Um, okay, so what, what do you think is going to be a shock to the, this season, mate? Um, 
I tried to really think of what this would be. And a shock for me would actually be that we get through the full season without any COVID interruptions. That was the shock for me. I was thinking of teams and coaches and all that, but I'm thinking an uninterrupted season, COVID-free, would be a shock for me. Well, you stole my thunder. I, there's no way that's going to happen. I just, I, I can't imagine that. Look, look at the the virus. Uh, not the oh, government, the virus. Look at the um, the vaccine issues. Anybody think that that's going to go through without a hitch? Um, any movement across borders? I actually think what's going to might 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 be the thing to shut down this time. Might be the community. Might be someone within the game actually getting it. And that'll be different. Mm, that's a good call. You know, so um. You know, if that happens to someone within the game, you have to look at that and say, oh, yeah, well, I mean, you know, what would be a shock? Or we've had drug scandals, you've had... Oh, you know what would be a shock to me? Brownlow medalist, mate. Oh, he won so so convincingly last year. What's going to change for Lockie now? I mean, you win, like, by that, as, as convincing as he did last year in a really good side at the top of the ladder. Um, and unless he gets injured... Um, what's going to change? It's it's funny you say that because I've put Lockie Neal in, but as a joint winner, and I'm showing my bias here, there is a reason for it. So I'll put in the name. I'm going to put in Jaden Short from Richmond as a joint Brownlow medalist with Lockie Neal. Hear me out on why. The guy was really unlucky that Dusty was as brilliant as he was because he was unbelievable in the grand final. Um, Jaden Short gained over 500 and something 60 metres, I think, and just was instrumental in getting the ball forward for us. The new man on the mark rule means that a guy who can already kick it 60 metres really quickly, which uh, Jaden Short can, is going to get even more metres gained. I just think, and he stands out, he's got a beautiful running and kicking style. I think Jaden Short and Lockie Neal are going to be the joint winners this year. Well, I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna put my money where my where my mouth is and go and put a bet on Lockie Neal joining Bob Skilton and Keith Gregg with free. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, How about I'll, that? I'll, I'll uh, trump you there, and then uh, we'll we'll come to something. You're gonna bet Lockie Neal and Jaden Short to win two in a row together? <laughs> no. <laughs> That'd be good. No, mate. No, not at all. Not at all. Now, the one that we will be on record for here, mate, grand final winner. I, I don't care if I'm biased. I think the extended, um, I think the extended uh, times. I think a full twenty-two rounds. I think um, just that experience to win. I'm putting Richmond down. I think they're going to win the grand final, and whoever they come up against, I think Richmond will be primed. And I think you're going to say something similar about your own team. Well, life's too short for me to sit here and tip Richmond in the GF. I mean, I've seen it three times in the last four years, and I don't want to see it again. I said to you in the wrap-up to last year that Brisbane has to be able to step up and actually make a commitment to beating Richmond, not just on grand final day, but through the season. They did it once last year in the semi. No, well, they were pretty unlucky the way that... Not, no, they weren't unlucky. That's a completely wrong word because they weren't unlucky because they had a home final. If you... I don't know what happened against Geelong. Mate, if you, if, I don't know what happened against if Geelong. If you can hear noise in the background of, of cars revving up and stuff, I think that's just uh, some angry Richmond supporters out the front of your house right now. Yeah. And uh, if you could just hear it. Well, because I tipped the Lions. Oh, that's all right. I've got, I got Richmond fans living next door to me. They're cool. <laughs> um, I, I don't lie to them. Um, 
I, I, I think we have to be able to beat them. We we played very well against you guys in the semi-final last year, and the 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 preliminary final against Geelong was, I think it was one of those uh, things that have happened to the Lions for quite a few years, where so out of nowhere they just totally dropped their guard for a quarter and a half or or a half, and and game's gone. And, and it's fun. And I they capitulated like they did, and I honestly believe that would have been a far better grand. The, the second half of the grand final would have been far more interesting had we played you, because I, I recommend a I shot. I was very, very happy, um, and I know that Geelong have been a great team, and I know they really probably should have capitalised more in the first half. I was very, very happy not to be facing you guys at your home ground in the grand final, mate. And I know the MCG's our home ground, but um, in, in saying that, it's a day grand final. Um, it's been confirmed by the AFL. Um I don't think we will see a night grand final for a long, long time, if uh, if if for many years now. What are your thoughts about returning back to the uh, traditional time slot? Suits me fine. I didn't mind the night grand final up in Brisbane because it was different and it was yep. up here. Um, I hate the idea of a night grand final in Melbourne. I I must prefer um, afternoon footy and pretty much every code I like to underlights. Underlights is a different atmosphere, but you always get a different game, and I. I must prefer the, the vibe of the sun out and the open spaces and, you know, and, and, and just I think everyone plays better with the sun on their back and a dry ball. That's another thing too. And the other thing is I don't like the yellow balls. So uh, I'm known being like a little bit how you're going, but on grand final day, the other thing is waiting around till 7 o'clock to have a beer with your mates is horrible. That's okay. It works in state of origin rugby league midweek because it's Wednesday night. You've been at work all day, yep. right? Are you sitting around twiddling your thumbs waiting for the for the um, NRL grand final? I've been through that plenty of times, and it's hard work waiting. There's just literally, and for the players, it must be murder. So, I uh, yeah, I think it's the right thing. I think you, you've got to have some traditions, and the AFL, as much as they like to say they're traditional, they really haven't been that traditional for a long time. You know, just uh, simple things like um, changing the outfits of goal umpires wear or or playing pretty much every game at night or shutting down all the suburban grounds or or whatever you like, you know, allowing any number of ridiculous jerseys or or jumpers. I know I'm not supposed to call them jerseys and um, just sponsorships and stuff. I don't think they're very traditional at all. I think they, they make noises they are, but they're not. And I think this is a good thing to preserve at least one thing in, in stone. Yeah, I actually agree with you. I, I, I thought the night grand final in Brisbane was an amazing spectacle. Um I've lived more than half my life in Queensland. I consider myself a Queenslander. I love this state. I never want to move back to Victoria. I'm just being honest. Why would you want to? The weather is fantastic here. I can travel down to Melbourne if I want to see Richmond. But I went to the 2019 Grand Final in Melbourne at the MCG, and it was already a long day because you're up at the crack of dawn when it's your team playing and you're having coffees and you're trying to fake time and you go and have a few beers. And honestly, by the time the game kicks around, you, you're kind of tired already. Um, and then I compared that to the night yeah. final and I didn't really change. You know, I get up early anyway and it felt like the longest day of my life. And um, I don't know how a nervous player or coach would get through it, but having been through both, seeing my team win both, I, I'm stoked that I've got to see a day grand final, a night grand final, right? If I if they never win again, I've, I can say that I saw those. But the day grand final is my preference um, after really thinking about how long that night dragged on, mate. It was really tough. 
Um, well, you, you're one of the few people who's actually experienced both. And of course, there's going to be people who say they saw night grand finals with Melbourne for the midweek comp. And it's a shame. There's another tradition that they just um, just ticked away and got rid of. Um, state football, gone. Yep. You know, all that. So I would say this. This is just a little reflection on, on, a, on, a, on a great ground like the MCG. The vast size of the place allows, you know, they talk about Melbourne four seasons in one day, but even if the sun's up, in the late, e- in the early evening and the twilight, it's different. Yeah. And the shadows out and the game looks different. And you can tell, you know that you're into the last quarter if it's tight. And it reminds me of watching those grand finals when you're a kid, yes. like Collingwood, Carlton and those Richmond, Essendon type GFs. And you go, wow, it's just that time is the, the hair stand on the back of your neck. And if you've got a team that's in it, I remember it for Lions, the first year they won against Essendon, it was rainy in the second one, so it didn't count. And in the third one, um, you know, that game was over um, before it got to the last quarter. But in the first game, that was just great. Watching the sun go, you know, the sun just peel away behind the stands yep. and the shadows out and then, you know, rubbish blows across and, you know, stuff like that. I, I love that stuff. But I, I, you just don't get that at night because it's the same thing from go to work. And, and I think you made a really valid point and people could pick out good games and bad grand finals and everything but the slippery ball is a real factor at night and I want to see my players playing the best possible football they can um, whether it's my team in the grand final or another you want a really good spectacle and and, you know I was kind of an advocate for an afternoon twilight grand final but I love the fact it's gone back to a normal time slot this year I'm really looking forward to it Um, well so we've covered off our top eight we've covered off our grand final winners You've given Lockie Neal the medal already. Cameron, uh, sorry, the Coleman medalist. Um, you've given it to a report player. I've given it to a Geelong player. Ah, got one for you, mate. Teams that will drop dramatically this year. Anyone you can think of there. I mean, it, you, 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 you could go a Geelong. You could do something like that. But, um, yeah, any any thoughts on a team that may drop? Well, I mean, I don't think they drop. They're just old. I mean, I, I do think that... Um... You know, someone's got to come in, someone's got to go out. But, you know, who's going to take, like, the place of North or Adelaide at the bottom? That's pretty hard to see much change yeah. in there. Um, so, precipitous drops, I'll go with St Kilda for the reasons I go yeah, before. Some good, some really good reasoning there. Mate, mine, um, one of them I've already spoken about. I had Collingwood there, but I don't think actually that's a shock now. Um, I think that they've – I don't I, – I, they're one of my traditional rivals, but they're actually not a team I hate. I don't know why. Um, my dad doesn't understand why. I just see them being very similar to Richmond. But the team I think will have a pretty dramatic drop and still make the finals is Port Adelaide. Um, I think I put them down as seventh. So if you're going from top to seventh, that's a pretty big drop, right? So I'm saying. Well, you got them in the gun, but like as I read up today, is that pretty much all the smart money in Melbourne seems to be going on port to win the play? I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to sport, but um, I just I just see some things there. There's going to be that pressure of expectation. They've actually got a very young team overall, and that pressure of expectation when you're not going to have some of the things in your favour that you did last year is my rationale on why I think Port will um, drop down the ladder this year. Fair enough. I can see what, yeah, you know what? Doesn't worry me if they do. How's that, that sound? Sounds very good. And uh, the prison stripes, we could see two lots of prison stripes in big trouble. Um, mate, I'll tell you something. Uh, well, I don't think play, um, uh, fans, and I do tend to agree with the Collingwood fans that uh, the, um, the Port Adelaide came in 
and were fully aware that Collingwood owned the black and white stripes, and I think that's the way it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Now, mate, something um, you were a bit controversial earlier on, so I might finish off a controversial bit right now um, with your permission, and you're not in trouble over this, okay? I've seen, I've right. seen a lot of people in the last week or two say when Rugby League started last week, everyone said, oh, thank God the footy's back. And in this week, people said, thank God the footy's back. And a lot of people have come yeah. in and said, how dare you say that? There's been A-League. There's been um, the women's AFLW. My take is, it's the football that you believe in. It's the football that you love. If your code is back on and it's the one you love, who gives a crap about male, female, any other sport? You're allowed to say, footy is back. If it's your code, your competition you love, you can say what the hell you want. So footy is back for those tomorrow night that say footy. I know it sounds like a small thing, but it really got my go. People are allowed to say No, it's fair enough. I think it's... I actually think that the easiest way to deal with that, Paul, is to do what I did and switch Twitter off. That's a problem. And, you know, if you do that, and this is a tip for anyone out there, you don't have to worry about any of that garbage. It's true. I mean, it still comes to you in different ways, but on the whole, it's like I've always been – we've had discussions before about, um, you know, if you like soccer and you don't call it football, it's like, what does that mean? It's like it doesn't mean anything. It means you grew up with a vernacular around you in Australia that called it that. And that's not a problem. And, and yeah. people get into this, they get better shape. I, I, I hate this. I hate it when people retreat and become so vacuous and so self-absorbed and so, so self-righteous that they start to use words like our game. Mm. Yep. I think when they start using our game, all I want to do is switch off, no matter who it is, and no matter what code it is, because it's like you don't own it, um, and it's everyone's game. Surely every sport is everyone's game at some level, unless you're deliberately not allowing people to into it. Mate, absolutely. I mean, we've spoken about it on so many podcasts, and we've put forward it's not a male or female thing. It's not a sport divide thing. If someone says footy's back, then it's back for them, and that's their passion. So who cares? I've been going to footy for four weeks now with my um, with my under fifteen boys rugby team from the school. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's rugby, it's footy, and if I go and watch the girls that I used to coach who play for the Suns, now I'll go. I'm going to the footy to see them, and if I go and watch the Titans, I'll call it the footy, and I really don't care. And if I sit up and watch Newcastle get roasted and toasted and and bent, bent over and have forks stuck in them and pitchforks thrown at them by the EPL. And then I sit through a season and we get relegated when we really shouldn't have been. And, and I'll say, oh, well, what's the footy? Exactly. No, I'll poke my head. Exactly. Hey, mate, look, most of our predictions are probably going to be uh, wrong tonight. We will revisit them and make ourselves uh, look as bad as we can. A few weeks ago, we got... I actually, you know, I reckon that's a bit of a glib statement and you sound like you're being... I actually can't imagine that one of us is not going to be celebrating the premiership at the end of this year. Wow, that's a big call. It's uh, well, it's actually not real, is it? The two of the favorites. Would it be a Richmond Brisbane Grand Final? Oh, how good would that be? We're going, mate. There's more reason for it than there is against it. To be honest, I think if you're well, really let's serious, go, mate. Well, 
Oh, yeah, West Coast will get a home final. West Coast will have to get a home final, I reckon, yeah, to really exactly do right. right. So we can go to stay at my cousin Greg's. We'll have to be quiet because uh, congratulations, Greg, on uh, the birth and Katie on the birth of your beautiful baby girl. Um, and uh, Greg's a big tiger and Katie's a cat. So uh, the house there is going to be dominated by felines. Hmm. Mate, I hope nice. you have a brilliant first week of AFL. I hope you thoroughly enjoy it. Hope for me it gets off to a really good start Thursday night and a team I really do detest. I hope we just ground them into the ground. Go Tigers. I hope we thump Carlton. Yeah, they've been down a long time. All right, if you grew up Fair in enough. Melbourne, following Richmond, and going through Carlton having successful decades, they did not let us forget about it, mate. I can promise you that. So uh, I don't have. Hey, I got no. I got, hey, look, I got no love for Carlton, but if you ask me to go and find my love for Richmond, it's going to be oh, in the same draw. I'm very, very happy with that, as you would know, mate. Um, it, it'll be interesting. Interesting <laughs> to see. Um, Shawnee's love for his lines that he's developed over the last few years and how many games he gets to this year. So, Sean? Well, you can let him know I tipped his his, his beloved Western Bulldogs. Oh, hang on. What was that? <laughs> hey, Shawnee, no problems, mate. You can follow whoever you want. You can follow whoever you want. That's the beauty of uh, sport. Uh, John and Paul. Yes, there's a broad uh, Until next lines. week, mate. Uh, yours in football. Uh, yeah, au revoir. Thanks, buddy. Oh, that's right. pretty good, man. That second take, I think we... I, th- I should have picked Charlie Cameron for goal of the year. I, I, I was thinking that. Um, that's why I tried to go a little bit sideways with yeah. Isaac Rankin. And who knows? Eddie Betts will probably kick, it, kick another one in his last season. You could edit that one into, as an outtake at the end there. You know how they do that on those Actually, other you know podcasts? What? I might do that. I'll see how I go tomorrow with timing. All right. That's what I should have said. I could have, had, I could have just had wall-to-wall lines, but... That would have been a little bit, uh, a little bit opaque. Oh, I, I think. I'm not even joking. I went through the teams. I went, who could win a Brownlow this year and come out of a little bit of the blue? And that's why I put in Jaden Short because the guy, the guy's one of the best kicks I've ever seen, mate. And umpires like that kind of look. You know what I mean? Thanks for listening to the Love Sport Podcast AFL Preview Special. I was Paul, your host, joined by John. You can get me at Paul underscore football, John at Lambic Peach on Twitter, and you can get us on the Love Sport Podcast on Facebook and Twitter as well. Send us some sections you want. Tell us who you follow. Give us a follow yourself, and uh, we'll follow back. This is and was the Love Sport Podcast. <laughs>